Hey everyone, it's Justin from Inverse, and we want to let you know we have a whole new series of topics prepared just for you. They're going to be a little different. We've been following the Sabbath school topics for all four quarters every year, but now we're going to divert a little bit. We've gotten a lot of feedback from social media about young adults all around the world wanting to study their own topics. So we're going to follow the world church, but take a little riff on each topic. So for the next quarter, we're going to look at not Ezra and Nehemiah, but only the book of Nehemiah from the perspective of biblical leadership, how young adults can take over the world for Jesus. So we're really excited about this change. We want your feedback, and hopefully you're just as excited to study the Bible with us. Join our conversation here on Inverse. The richest man of your country comes to you and asks you, what do you want? How would you answer? Find out on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey, welcome, friends, to this episode of Inverse. We are in the midst of studying the book of Nehemiah from the perspective of leadership. If you joined us last week, we looked at purpose and passion that developed in chapter 1. And here i got my teammates, my friends in the studio. We're looking at the first half of chapter 2. So if you haven't already, get out your Bibles and open to Nehemiah chapter 2. Sebastian, can you pray for us to start this episode? Yes, let's pray. Father in heaven, we know that opening your word will have no profit if your spirit is not with us. Mm -hmm. And so we pray for his presence, that he would guide us into all truth, that he would bring things to our remembrance, that would not only bless our lives, but our listeners. And Lord, we also pray that as we have titled this lesson, In His Presence, Lord, that we may understand the significance of your presence that should inspire us in the presence of those who are great on this earth. Mm and embolden us to inquire for the purposes of God is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Kelly, Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through somewhere. Okay, let's start. (laughs) And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, that I took the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had never been sad in his presence before. Therefore the king said to me, Why is your face sad, since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became dreadfully afraid and said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad, when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste and its gates are burned with fire? Then the king said to me, What do you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said to the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Then the king said to me, the queen also, sitting beside him, How long will your journey be, and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. Furthermore, I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river, that they must permit me to pass through till I come to Judah, and a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he must give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel, which pertains to the temple, for the city wall, and for the house that I will occupy. And the king granted them to me, according to the good hand of my God upon me. 
Then I went to the governors in the region beyond the river, and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. Okay, thanks, Callie. That was a long passage, but yeah. it's, a, it's a good narrative. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you've been out there uh, listening along to, we don't read the Bible just for it to be read, but there's some power in following along with the actual Bible narrative. Uh, some, uh, Jonathan, what's going on in chapter 2? us out. Well, uh, we are now a couple months after the chapter one experience, okay. and we are now in the king's courtroom. He, we are here now. Uh, uh, Nehemiah is interacting with the king and also uh, interacting with his God, and so we are seeing um, Nehemiah's you know, reaction from chapter one has continued on over these weeks and months, and it's just burdening his heart. And now the king, um, Artaxerxes, is taking notice that something's going on in Nehemiah's life that is bothering him. And mm -hmm. so he inquires, uh, and Nehemiah shares with him. Even though he's scared to do it, he does it. And um, we see an interesting outcome of, of, uh, of Artaxerxes' reaction to that inquiry that Nehemiah mm -hmm. gives. Yeah, no, you mentioned a couple of months. I, I love when the Bible gives uh, sometimes seemingly mm -hmm. useless information. <laughs> it is never useless. There's, there's, right. there's some theological merit to that. Chapter 2, verse 1, it says, It came to pass in the month of Nisan. Nisan, not the Japanese car company, but the actual Jewish <laughs> month. Yeah. You compare that to chapter 1, verse 1, it came to pass in the month of Kislev, or Chislev, or Chislev, or however, however you want to pronounce that, depending on your, your you persuasion of, a lot of, people, of, of, of Hebrew. <laughs> uh, um, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, emails will go to Jonathan at inversebible.org. Anyway, so we we'll go to chapter 2 and uh, chapter 1. Compare those two. And in between four to five months have, has transpired. Mm -hmm. And this is not Bible trivia, but this is a real life. And here he's praying this awesome prayer in chapter 1. And in four to five months, things, circumstances in his life are changing, and, and they're changing in a drastic way. And, and, and the crazy question is this, can God change your life in four to five months? Mm. Uh, is that a reality? Is that something that we expect? Or is it something that we pray, and then we just assume that, yeah, well, it'll happen in about 20 years? Sebastian, when you, you're when looking you pensive. When you think about our current generation with all the devices and technology and wireless this and wireless that, you know, there is literally no patience you so know, you're saying that, the other side that that's that's not fast enough. No, like <laughs> for a lot I'm of people, that's pretty a fast uh, prayer. Uh, that, okay, absolutely, Callie four to five months and, no. and give favor in the king. But in nowadays, I mean, people are upset that it takes you know eight seconds for the signal to go up to the satellite and come back to my phone to download the web page. Right. And I'm like, that's oh, this ridiculous. is this is a slow device. Eight that's seconds. Cool. This is unacceptable. Right. And you're thinking <laughs> I'm going to pray up to God, right, to heaven. And it's going to take four to five months for God to bring this to pass. Mm -hmm. And in this sense, there is such a greater need for us to accept the patience mm -hmm. that we need to have with God simply in response to our belief that he is wiser than us mm -hmm. and that God has perfect timing for all things that come to pass. Mm -hmm. It is literally a covert lack of faith. Mm -hmm. that I would demonstrate impatience and frustration. God, why haven't you done this yet? Mm -hmm. Am I God or am I not? Mm -hmm. And if I am God, then I'm wiser than you. I know all things. I'm in all places, and I have a complete control over the events of the universe. Mm -hmm. There needs to be more trust mm -hmm. in God. And we see with Nehemiah, these few months, he accepted that burden. He accepted that pressure that, no, you can't do anything about Jerusalem this week. Mm -hmm. You can't do anything about Jerusalem and your people this week. Mm -hmm. And it went... Week to week to week, but he was still waiting on the Lord in prayer. Mm -hmm. yeah. oh, Kelly, uh, give us an insight on this cupbearer thing. Like, was he like just 
pouring Kool-Aid into the cup yeah. all the time. <laughs> what's what's why why is that a big thing? So it's a big thing because so the king's cupbearer is I mean the one who gives him the cup of wine mm -hmm. and he drinks. And I mean as a king, people want to kill you for different reasons. Mm. And so you're a very trusted person to be like, I, you know, I can give this to you and you trust me. And mm -hmm. they'd often drink it themselves to make sure it wasn't poison mm -hmm. and things like that. And so, probably the king's watching him to see if he croaks over and if yeah, he does, there's just an assassination Which is why he yeah. looks at him and he's like, Yeah, that's that? right. That's right. You wanna you wanna talk? He's like, that's why he's like <laughs> <laughs> King leave forever. I am not planning to kill you. Please, please don't hurt me. Right, right. So it's—I mean—it is a place of trust, but it is a very like it's not like oh we're good friends. It's like I will watch you mm -hmm. <laughs> at all moments of the day. Mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of scary as well. Mm -hmm. and, and at the end of chapter one, he says, "For I was the king's cupbearer." He kind of ends that prayer that way, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and then it's what what is he saying through that? It's almost, he's kind of. He's kind of sensing that through his prayer, an idea is forming. Mm. Right? A plan is kind of coming up like I'm praying to God and I'm confessing and I'm giving adoration and I'm claiming your promises. Mm. And all of a sudden it's like, hmm, if you could get favor in the sight of the king, he explains why he's saying what he's saying at the end of his prayer, which is grant him mercy in the sight of this man. So for these four or five months, he's not praying this one prayer and just, you know, playing That's video it. games for the four week, four to four months and just waiting for the... Correct. He's actually planning, praying, burdening. Is that a... Is that brainstorming. A brainstorming. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going through this. So this isn't passive. There's an active. Yes. Okay. okay. Working, okay. Co cooperating with our prayers. And okay. I think no. at the same time, you know, when we, uh, when we pray to God and we ask him for something, some kind of uh, uh, help or whatever it is, um, often the reason that God doesn't answer immediately is because he needs us to go through that process of praying and thinking, uh, character development. We might not be ready to receive the answer. Who knows? Mm. Maybe Nehemiah had some issues to work through in his own life yeah. before he was ready for situa the situation of chapter 2. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's important that we embrace um, uh, patience, as you mentioned, embrace the fact that God works with us. We have to trust, yeah. but... There is, a, there is a blessing in waiting, um, uh, and it is obviously not uh, just sitting around and waiting. It is an active kind of waiting. Yeah, let me ask you guys this. Are you, are you more logistical-minded, or are you more, um, you know, people, are you a people person, or are you, what's, what's your style of leadership? Sebastian, you're, 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 you're chewing I, your lips, and then the other two are answering right away. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, when I think about my day... Oh, you're an Personally, I, I, I like to. I am not an extrovert. <laughs> I want to declare this on the show. Let us know what you think out there. If you think Sebastian is an extrovert, contact us Take on social media and say, we think Sebastian is an extrovert. Fill out our Facebook? poll and prove poll. Justin wrong, and Justin will owe me, you know, 50 cases of vegan chocolate cake. So <laughs> I, I am 100% a... Uh, <laughs> Are you, Sebastian? I'm 100% a person that loves tasks. Yes. But if people are in front of me, I will always defer to people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you put me in my office, I'm going to focus on tasks. I don't want to call. I don't want to text. I prefer email, asynchronous forms of communication. We're not talking in real time mm -hmm. because then I feel the pressure that, oh, I should ask you how you're doing. I should. Okay. Uh, versus this being like, hey. Jonathan Kelly, you the same? S same to Sebastian or different? Mm. I like I like lists of tasks and just okay. uh, knocking them out. And so sometimes your Austrian background is kicking in. Yes, <laughs> but I do sometimes forget that you know people are connected to these tasks, yes. and then often you because we're so used to working with the machine, the computer. Uh, sometimes it's easy, especially when you are communicating digitally, 
to see the other person as a machine, but it's not. It's a person. Yes. Human beings, Jonathan. Yeah, they are. They are. You know, I'm trying to remind machine. myself. They you know. are. <laughs> I guess the reason I'm asking you this is not just to, 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 to be frivolous, but there is, uh, what, I'm, what I'm getting from this, this passage is there are some people who are logistically minded, yeah. strategic thinkers, they're planners, they're executors, and here Nehemiah uses that component in a spiritual context. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there is this definition of spirituality being pray, and don't plan and just hope for the best and float around and mm -hmm. contemplate these heavenly things and look like some Baroque painting from the 1500s. <laughs> but here, I mean, he's, he, I mean, if he, he, he has a, a smartphone and he's got, you know, check boxes and he's thinking through a strategy, but he's subjugating that under prayer. And I think mm -hmm. that's the balance that, that, we, that I love in, in mm -hmm. the and, Oh, Callie and go ahead, Callie. Okay. Well, I'm going in a different direction. Okay. So we might need to. Okay. All right. We'll skip Callie. We'll go to Jonathan. We'll come yeah, back. Okay. To Callie. Well, I was just going to say that uh, Nehemiah here. It seems, anyways, to us, maybe God was influencing him, and Nehemiah doesn't know it wasn't his own idea. But it seems like Nehemiah came up with this himself. Like mm -hmm. I have a burden for this. I want to do something. And there, as you said, there is this notion out there. Um, well, God has to call me to do this um, before I can do anything. Mm -hmm. um, and and I believe that the Bible gives us a case for. Um, hey, there is a there's a space for you to take initiative when you see something is not in order um, in the work of God. Mm -hmm. So I, I like that. That gives me, um, you know, courage to say, hey, yes. I'm going to make a difference. I'm not just going to sit around and wait. I'm going to do something. And it doesn't have to be the, the voice from heaven every time that tells me what to do. Yes. Sebastian, on this point? You know, when you when you look at how Nehemiah responds in this, in this um, experience of planning, it tells me that for a lot of people, they're afraid that I'm not going to do God what God wants me to do in God's way. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of when I was trying to start this um, nonprofit organization, I had a lot of questions. And the question was, are you going to do this or are you going to do that? And in that process, people are saying, well, are you following this plan? Are you following that plan? And immediately... As I started to make decisions, the question started coming to my mind. Am I just doing this of my own thought, mm. or is this something that God is leading me to do? And I think that's the tension that Nehemiah solves mm -hmm. and that he resolves. Mm -hmm. You can plan, but you also got to make sure that what God is leading you to do, it's also being done in his way. And mm -hmm. that lesson comes from Moses. Yeah, but when we come back from the break, the king asks Nehemiah, what do you want? This is the golden question that Nehemiah has to answer. How would you answer? We'll look at it when we come back after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back, friends. We're looking at Nehemiah chapter 2, and we're looking at how to use your, your business acumen, your logistical mindset, your planning abilities for the cause of God. And uh, Callie, let's go to you. You want to bring us to a new direction? And we're gonna, <laughs> sure. We're, I don't want to leave you out, so um, we left you after the break. I like, I like the balance of he is very logistically minded, yes. and he is very you know, planning focused, but he's also very emotionally invested in this. Mm -hmm. as that's, can, You can see that in chapter one. Mm. It's not just like, hey, God, there's a problem. Let's figure it out. Okay, let's, I'll wait. But he, I mean, he's like repenting for a nation's sins and like pleading yes. with God to move. And so it's not just like, oh, there's an issue, I'll solve it. But he sees the importance of it. Yes. And he has a spiritual and emotional investment there. Yes. And I think that that brings it also to just a place where he can be used more by God. Mm -hmm. Because it's not, 
it's as big a deal to him as it is to God, I think. Mm -hmm. And also, as he talks to the king, you know, he talked about like the question, which is like, dun, dun, the question. Mm -hmm. But the next words right after that is, so I pray to the God of mm -hmm. heaven in mm -hmm. verse four. And so he's not just like, oh, I prayed about it. Like, it's fine. Right. I know what I'm going to say. Right. But like, even as the opportunity presents himself, it's like, oh, man, this is it. Yeah. Okay. God, please guide me. But I mean, when he's talking to the king, he he's pretty bold. Yes. So it's not like he, you know, he backs down. And he's like, oh, well, God will just speak to the king and I'll just stand here and look at him. Mm. Yeah. Like he says the crazy things. He asks for the very specific requests that are, in my mm. opinion, a little presumptuous. I see there there is a is a balance here for Nehemiah. Absolutely. That one one side one ditch is you don't plan at all. You just pray and you just hope for the best. And we, we talked about that. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is well, you just rely on your human wisdom. You do all the planning and you don't consult God at all. Or God is just a mere consultant. He's, yes. He's not a. Or he interferes. Or, right. He yeah. stops it. Therefore, it wasn't his will. Mm -hmm. yeah. But here Nehemiah does everything he can. But all that he does is still subjugated to God in prayer. And even in the midst of planning and answering, that is also in prayer. <laughs> yeah. That's just a, it's just so beautiful <laughs> when you're just seeing that. Prayer. And it, 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 so it reminds me of, you know, to Callie's point, Luther at the Diet at Worms when mm. he's standing there and they're asking, will you recant? Mm. And Luther says, I need a day to think about it. Mm. Yeah. Now, even though he knew his position, even though he knew exactly that, I'm not going to recant and I'm not going to affirm and I stand by everything that I wrote and published. But that, you know, history tells us that he took the time because he didn't want to offend people. He didn't want to lead people to reject the gospel as he was coming to understand it because of how he defended it. Mm -hmm. And in the same sense with Nehemiah, he knows what his request is going to be to the king. Mm -hmm. He knows exactly what he's at. That's why he's asking God to give him favor because mm -hmm. he understands all the mm -hmm. obstacles mm -hmm. for him to obtain that from the king. But yet and still... He takes time to pray, to exercise tact. And how much could we benefit? How many issues could we avoid? How many plans could have succeeded had we paused and prayed? And I think and you said, have give the, me tact. The, the universe's most bountiful resource yes. available to you. Why would you not want that accessible to accessing your, your project? I need to go to verse, verse five here. I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, and then he asked these things, and he goes into this. What is he asking, and how did, did this develop immediately? Does it develop over time? Mm. Um, like Sebastian said, he's praying to God. But this isn't, he didn't ask for a day like, like Luther did, although he does, he does pray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, he doesn't say, King, hold on a second. Let me go over to my little prayer corner here and call my <laughs> prayer friends and go Fall on WhatsApp on and like, hey, pray for me, guys. This is an emergency prayer. It's yeah. one of those, Lord, help me, right help me now yes. in prayers. Amen. And then what does he ask? What does he ask? Well, first he asks to be able to go okay. away. And for vacation time. Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> to work in Judah and that he can rebuild it. So he yes. tells his, I just, I don't want to pause it, but just say like, I love that one that he had the initial favor ready, mm -hmm. but also he's being honest. Not just like, I just need to go to Judah to do some things. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to rebuild it, king. <laughs> so there's, <laughs> a, there's integrity here, honesty Absolutely. here, and then forethought here mm -hmm. that's done with excellence. Because the king mm -hmm. could have been like, I don't want you to go rebuild something else. Like, mm -hmm. what? No. I mean, so, I mean, a, he could have stopped him. It's, it's a massive request when you think about it. We read yeah. so quickly over it, but he wants to go back and rebuild the walls of an entire city, and the walls mean a lot. I mean, the wall, the wall represents strength and protection and, and integrity. It, it just means so much for the city and mm -hmm. the, the people of Israel. Mm -hmm. And he's basically saying, I want to strengthen my people yeah. in your kingdom yeah. so that, we, that okay? maybe one day we can break away. Or, you know, you don't know. So, yeah. Or let's even be honest from the king's perspective. Yeah. 
my most trusted advisor is going to be gone. I'm going to yes. do a So I'm going to send you to go do a project that probably is not going to take a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So here's the king and the queen allowing themselves to become vulnerable for the sake of Nehemiah's burden and calling. Yeah. That you're the person that I look to to make sure that my reign mm-hmm. persists and I'm going to let that go. I yeah. see Nehemiah being here very wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, he knows this question may come up and he doesn't say, like, I don't know, like, just, just I'm going to go to go and I don't know how long <laughs> it'll take and I don't know how much money you need. He knows exactly what he needs. He gives him precise... I mean, this is the level that the king is used to from his mm-hmm. prime minister. Yeah. The, the cool thing is that I just love the wisdom, but also the tact that mm-hmm. Nehemiah has. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so in verse 2, the king says, why are you sad? And so he's like, no, I'm not sad, I'm not sad. And he, he's picking up on the intuitive feel yeah, for the courtroom. Yes. He had the Korean word for <laughs> nunchi, which is the Korean antennas <laughs> to sense out what's going on. Um, in verse 5, he's praying and he says, if it pleases the king, he uses this wording that's that's not demanding but it is honest yeah and what i just think is so cool and weird is verse six Mm -hmm. then the king said to me parentheses Mm -hmm. and the queen was also sitting next to him Mm -hmm. and that's been that's 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 been a question mark for a lot of people why is this queen mentioned who is this queen and some people haven't even said that's queen esther that ain't Queen Esther, right. he ain't making a guest appearance in this episode. <laughs> right. uh, that's some other. I've never heard that. The, well, I appreciate your different incorrect time, English different on time that period. Yeah. Verse six. But why does he mention that? I think it shows his awareness of he's his aware audience. Of, yes. Like he knows everyone that he's talking to, even though he's looking at the king. Yeah. He's right there. Yeah. And I mean, they talk. So he's not going to say anything to embarrass him. Mm-hmm. But he's going to say stuff to maybe even you know beef up his you know hey king you know you got like a I trillion dollars really can I just have a million you know this kind <laughs> yeah. of yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it really, like, think of like the emotional side of the, you know, the yeah. I just, too. it's just so cool. This guy's a suave, you know, like sanctified uh, <laughs> <Amen>. guy. <Amen. laughs> and also, it could it could have influenced the king's sympathy as well. Yes, that he's as Nehemiah is sharing this burden. Why are you so sad? Yes. And the king shows his compassion, and the queen is, you know, My kind of husband. looking at her husband yeah. like, oh, you know, yes. he's just very compassionate and giving. Yes. And so it's, it could also be providential that the queen is sitting with him on this particular day. I was like, of course day. I'll help you out because yes. right. I'm the king. Yeah. Very interesting in verse 3. He says that, uh, may the king live forever, yes. Mm-hmm. Why should my face not be sad? And then he says, when the city... The place of my father's tombs lies waste, and its gates are burned with fire. Mm. So he doesn't say, and, and there's some tact here, and he doesn't give him his personal testimony right in there. No. He, doesn't, he doesn't try to witness to this guy and be like, Lord, do you want to be ba- uh, king? Do you want to be baptized? I'm going to give you 28 <laughs> Bible studies. Though there are times for that. That's right. But here's he's using a tact, and he, he contextualizes his conundrum, and he says, the place of my father's tombs. Well, he's not really there to, to build up his father's tombs, mm-hmm. but the place of his father's tombs, it makes sense for the king's mindset. Right. Yes. He's saying, hey, this is as important to you as if it were your tombs. Mm-hmm. That's how important it is for, for That's me. That's right. And he's just using the king's language and getting them him to understand. There's contextualization going. There's tact. There's wisdom. Mm-hmm. He's not lying, and he's not compromising by any means, hmm. but just using the other person's language. Yeah. Jonathan. And if we take one step back in, in uh, verse 2... As the king recognizes, uh, king, uh, not King Nehemiah, but Nehemiah's uh, um, situation and that his face is sad, mm. it says here he was dreadfully afraid. Mm. So Nehemiah is very scared. Why? Because um, in, the, in the king's courts, you know, you, you're not supposed to bring negativity into the atmosphere. And the king is, can do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. But 
you want to please the king, you want it to be a happy atmosphere, and in those times, if the king doesn't like something, he will kill you. It doesn't matter. Right. So uh, he's now in this scary situation, and but because he has a, a firm purpose in his heart and he knows God is with him, there's a, a holy boldness there to, to be willing then to, as we just already talked mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. ask for all these things and, and explain it to him with tact. And uh, I love that word, holy boldness, that mm-hmm. term that you use, holy boldness. Mm-hmm. We often don't associate those two things with mm-hmm. each other. We should. But there is. There is. Absolutely. And if you even look at, uh, in verse 2 again, where it says, when the king is talking to Nehemiah, he says, why is your face sad since mm-hmm. you are not sick? Right. Mm-hmm. That automatically tells you something about the king's relationship with Nehemiah. He was very attentive. Mm-hmm. How would you know that he's not sick? Mm-hmm. So clearly there's... there's so a This guy has never been sick before. He's never called him for vacation days before. Mm-hmm. This guy's never been sad. He's mm-hmm. been a like, good mm-hmm. Christian, Christian, happy witness in the courtyard. And now he's a little bit upset. Right? And the king is like, oh, no, you're not sick. I know that's not your problem. And so that, that gives you a certain sense when tact... Even though we may have a close relationship with an individual, mm-hmm. Nehemiah still regards the king by his position. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, we're close. Yeah, you trust me. You're obviously personally invested in my welfare. Why are you sad? I know you're not sick, mm-hmm. but I can tell this is sorrow of heart. I can now, see I'm going to exactly play a little bit counter counterpoint with that, uh, mm-hmm. with both of your perspectives. And let's go to verse 8. So um, the king asked, what do you need? And he says, I need vacation time and I need visas. I need my passport. Uh, and I need some materials to build. And by the way, you're going to fund those materials. And I don't want those materials that you can get from some discount, you know, dollar store. Uh, I want them from your personal. Verse nine. Verse nine. Verse yeah. verse eight. Very good. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> verse eight. Have you not heard this translation? Verse eight. And, and a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he must give me timber to make me beam, to make beams for the gates of the citadel, which pertains to the temple for the city wall, for the house that I will occupy. I mean, he's asking for, you know, the gold standard at Home Depot, if, if you will. Uh, I want the most expensive stuff, and I want it from your account, King. I want mm-hmm. it from the King's forest. Mm-hmm. And when it comes, and so where does he get this, this, Holy boldness. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say audacity, yeah. uh, but but all those above. Where does he get that audacity from? It's it's a respectful audacity. Yes. I think he's in tune with God. So yes. he, he he's obviously trusting God, and maybe he's also thinking, you know what, I've already overstepped, so Let's might as going. well, you know, go big, go, go home. Um, and so he, he is coming with holy boldness. I think God might also be putting words into his mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and God, you know, he orchestrates things. And when we are in tune with him, he will use us in mighty ways. Mm-hmm. And I just love how God taps into our, in our, into our passions and dreams for his work. So mm-hmm. Nehemiah wants to do this big thing. He wants to aim high. He has, a, he has this, this vision for his people. And God says, hey, I'm going to use this guy. And I'm going to direct his way uh, in a certain way. And, and who knows if Nehemiah was speaking himself or, or, or if God was influencing him. But mm-hmm. either way, um, it worked. Mm-hmm. Kelly? Yeah. Another thing I think, it just goes back to those four to five months of mm-hmm. time with mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Like that just solidifies conviction Agreed. and confidence of being like, I am so sure God mm-hmm. is calling me. Mm-hmm. And it might even be like, okay, God, you might have even said to God, like, if he asks me a question, I will answer, but I need you to have him ask. Mm-hmm. So it might have been like, okay, God's brought me this far, so I'm going to say everything mm-hmm. I plan to mm-hmm. say. And to your, to your point, Justin, he says right at the end of verse 8, according to the good hand of my God upon mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that lets you know what is happening. Nehemiah recognizes all these things I'm getting is the good hand Amen. of God. Amen. On that note, that's, that's where the, I feel that Nehemiah is getting his, his boldness from. Even though he's in the presence of the king, 
He's in the presence of the King, mm -hmm. the Lord of the universe. Amen. Hopefully this study has been a blessing for you. May holy boldness be in your life while you are in the presence of the King. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully you've been blessed by this episode. Join us next episode here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is Inverse.